Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome song. inside Hour 3 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh. Hey, buddy. In the National Basketball Association, Mavericks and the Clippers. Two and a half to go in the third quarter. It is the Mavericks with an 80-75 to 75 lead over the Clippers. Luka Doncic already with 35 of the Mavericks' 80 points. Uh, the Clippers being led by a host of players, but uh, Reggie Jackson right now with 17 to lead the way, but 35 for Luka. He is 14 out of 26 from the floor. He is also dishing out 11 assists. It's like Luka Doncic saw last night and said, oh, you really like what Damian Lillard did last night? Now nah, I'll show you. I'll show you a couple of things right here in a game, game five against the Clippers. 35 and 11 so far, still with two and a half to go in the third quarter um this is a series where uh going in 
I wasn't really high on the Mavericks. I didn't think that Luka Doncic could do it all by himself because clearly, you know, Kristaps Porzingis kind of is what he is, and they really don't have a true number two. But, man, this shows you what the power of a real true superstar that can carry his team is and that, you know, here's Luka when he's just got a bunch of guys with him, you know, outside of Porzingis who's having a really crappy night tonight. He's only got five points, played 20 minutes. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of talent there, and and he's one of those guys that single-handedly has this series of 2-2 and could have it at 3-2. So as much as we talk about, hey, Steph Curry's the one guy living the Warriors in Kentucky, uh, no, Luke is the guy that's really holding the entire Mavericks franchise up. Yeah, Porzingis uh, today, I mean, three of four games where he's been active, right? Game three, he was a a no-show and just nine points in his 34 minutes. And here, you know, we're we're looking at uh, another game where he's smallish, uh, would be the kindest way to say it. 20, 20 minutes played, just five points, only five shot attempts, uh, where you found some stardom, uh, some star power has been Hardaway, who's starting to find the stroke a little bit, uh, and they're getting more active on the boards. Uh, you know, when your family cut your mic down uh, because you were doing too many Marv Albert impressions. Yes. Uh, there was about a two-minute period in the game where it started looking like, all right, we're going to get into rugby scrums here uh, because you are refereeing it like it is a game five. Because remember, you know, winner of game five, historically, we're talking about an 82% clip to finish off the series. So the anxiety starts to ratchet up and, and every loose ball becomes that much more important. And, and the, you could see the people in the cardboard uh, Cut out in, in between the cardboard cutouts, they're standing on because they don't think they're obscuring anybody's view. Uh, but the second is uh, <laughs> they're they're nervous as hell and don't know what to do with themselves. No, it is a, it is a very uh, it's it's a very tense time right now because you're looking at the home team <laughs> losing each of the first five games in this series. It's insane, uh, but it's coming to the end of the third quarter. Still a long time left to go. The Mavericks, this huge run they've been uh, going on right now, has them now with a nine point lead, eighty four seventy five as we close in on the end of the third quarter. Meanwhile, a team that everybody's forgotten about. Uh, oh, by the way, don't forget about the Utah Jazz. As much as we got great publicity from John. Morant, who became a superstar in this round with his big performance in a in a big loss, uh, the Jazz take care of the Grizzlies pretty easily, one twenty six to one ten. This game was a laugher after three quarters. That was a laugher just after halftime. Yeah, uh, the Jazz easily move on to the second round of the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell thirty points, ten of six, six rebounds, baby Mamba. And I'm telling you, for everybody that wants to count the Jazz out, all oh, the Jazz aren't that good. Donovan Mitchell, we forget about him because, you know, he was hurt for a while at the end of the year. We forget about how great a player he is. Like I said, he's the closest thing the NBA's got to Kobe Bryant. And to count the Jazz out, it was easy to do it because we saw the end of the year. Boy, are the Jazz okay? Can Rudy Gobert carry them? Well, yeah, you're missing Donovan Mitchell. It's a really big deal. And the difference he has been in the team is immediate. They struggle without him. First game, whoa, what's going to happen? No Donovan Mitchell. And then it was, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's going to win this series for us. It's okay. Well, but, but don't go forget back to about the month, month he missed, right? They still maintain the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And, yes, uh, you had a lot of uh, injuries and issues across the rest of the Western Conference. But the fact that they were able to maintain it and he comes back in. And, and look, the game one, uh, there was a potential, as, as we've seen this happen with other teams. I mentioned Kawhi Leonard uh, and how things ended in San Antonio before where – you know, you've got a guy who wants to get back on the court and has been told not to. You know, it's usually the other way. Hey, we need you to play. And, you know, the the personal 
physician and trainer and everybody is saying no, it's a no-go. So it was curious whether that would be a long-standing issue. Instead, gets right back in, they went four straight. And another nice night for Ja Morant, window dressing, unfortunately. 27, 11 assists, 7 boards for him. Dylan Brooks had 27. That's all fine and good. Uh, but the Jazz led by 20 after one and never looked back. Right, just an absolute burial. Just run out the clock and move it forward. Even even after a horrible start, Clarkson finished with 24. So you you had all the principles come to play, and, and they're a tough out. And you you could take Donovan Mitchell to that Kobe comparison. Hopefully he wins because we've always used it for Russell Westbrook, and he hasn't. So we we've got to pass the mantle. Much like we're talking about, you know, who's the best player in the NBA. Those conversations start to go uh, as Father Time starts chipping away at LeBron James. So maybe we can get your guy Donovan Mitchell into the conversation. Him, Dame Lillard, who was the most adult of anybody in a post game press conference. Doesn't matter. We lost. <laughs> which I said yesterday, I'm glad he echoed it, right? Because, I mean, you heap all the praise. In the end, you still lost the game. So, in the end, it's it's a great performance and one that he'll think of fondly. Uh, and people that love him will say, get him some help. Guys that don't step out of bounds or, or miss big shots uh, and, and so on. But uh, a big night. I mean, it was closeout night. Right, three yeah, games, three series done. Yeah, it was closeout night tonight. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? You stayed to the end, unlike uh, super fans I did. like Lee I and did. pretty much I anybody did. else. Because let me let's face it, <laughs> nobody watched the end of that damn game. They moved on. Yeah, no. Well, I stayed till the end. Me and Marv stayed till the end. Spike Lee left. Other people left. We stayed till the end. This was Marv Albert's last Knicks game he's going to broadcast in his life. Retiring after this season. Still got more games going for well, TNT. Well, at least for pay, though. Right? Well, I mean, at least for, for pay. Because yeah. you have no idea whether Marv Albert's going to sit in front of a TV and just do a play-by-play of a Knicks game. <laughs> Yes, let me send out this text to my friend while I watch the Knicks. Time out. Let me hit pause on the DVR. I'm going to send this text and then come back to the game. Yes. Um, Let's hear the final call, the final words. Marv Albert will speak on television about the Knicks in his storied broadcasting career. Let's have the final call. And here's that standing ovation and applause I was talking about. Now the Hawks take the series at five, winning two of the games here at the Garden. Atlanta's first playoff series win since the first round in 2016 for Nate McDonough's first playoff win since 2005 back in his days at Seattle. Thanks to our producer Tom Heights, our director Andrew Greathouse, and our statistician Brian Taylor. Coming up, it's the Mavericks and the Clippers in Game 5 for Reggie Miller and the rest of the TNT crew. Mark Albert saying goodnight. You've been watching the NBA playoffs on TNT. There it is. That's it, Marv Albert. That's his last words. He's the statistician and your spotter and your director and your producer. That's it. That's it, the last words Marvel's. Well, until he comes out of retirement next year when the Knicks are in the finals, and then he calls, they let him call like the final seconds of Game 7. Like Mike think Breen come steps back, aside. Like sure legitimately, if they offered, do you think he'd do it? I don't think he'd do it. Really? No, I think he yeah, would. He'd come back to do done. one more game. 
do one more Knicks game to get to call them to win the national to win the national championship national to, win title. The, to win the NBA title? Of course, <laughs> you've of course relegated them to college buckets. Yes. Look what you just did. The Knicks beat Duke eighty-four seventy-two. They and win. They send Mike Shashevsky <laughs> off in defeat. <laughs> and Shashevsky not happy with the fans rushing the court. There's Spike Lee. He's picked up John Shire. He's thrown him to the ground. It is no holds barred here at Cameron Indoor. Timeout, Blue Devils. They want to talk it over. <laughs> I'm really You're going insane. to the well with my want to talk it over line tonight. I really it, am. It, I, I am. It is. Am. You, you really want people to have conversations. So I, I guess do. that's a good I thing. I want to talk it over. Uh, but now, but, but let me be serious here about the Knicks, okay? Was I that upset about the game tonight? No, I was more just mad at the Hawks and Trey Young's constant shushing every time he made a shot. Shh, shh, shh. I'm like, come on, Clint Capella running his mouth like they just won the championship. Ah, We're going to you know what? He backed it up. All these things. They did. He was fine. Right. I get it. I get it. I get it. Look, the NBA playoffs, I've said it many times, they're about stars. And the Hawks star, Trey Young, was way better than Nick star, Julius Randle. And that's why the Hawks won, and they won pretty easy. Um, and it wasn't even a series in which the Hawks played great. They just played okay. Offensively, they were all right. They were 9 or 10 points lower than their regular season average. But Trey Young was terrific. He was good enough in all the games. He didn't go off for 40, but, you know, he had two 30-point nights. His 21-point night, he had 14 assists. It was a big game three three win so look I, I a game four win so it's easy it's easy to see when your star plays better than the other team star you're gonna win Julius Randle was lost the first two and a half games of this series didn't understand what was trying what what the Hawks were trying to do didn't understand where to go with the basketball playoff basketball for the Knicks was a little bit different than it was in the regular season because I'm sure they thought we're going to be fine because we played defensively intense Already, so we're just going to carry this over to the playoffs. Well, in the playoffs, everybody else does it too, and you still got to figure out a way to score. And when they took away Julius Randle and he couldn't figure out a way around it and nobody else could score, this is what you get, right? But I'm not upset, right? They're not a team that's going to win the championship. They're playing with found money. They won 41 games. It was great. What I told you in the middle of the season and at the end of the season, at the beginning of the playoffs, at the end of the playoffs for the Knicks is true. It's remained true. They are one star away from being a legit NBA title contender in the East. And it's a small forward or shooting guard that can just light it up. You need to have a guard or a small forward be someone who is the guy you run your offense through when you need a bucket because you can't run it through your power forward. All right, it's just not going to happen. As good as the Spurs were, did they always run the offense? Did Tim Duncan score all the time? No. You had Manu Ginobili making big shots and, and Tony Parker making big shots. It was it, it was That was how it worked in, in San Antonio. Tim Duncan did all the dirty work, and yeah, he had some shots, but in the end, it was those guys who were making the big shots to win. They won championships that way. Um, that's kind of what the Knicks need. You just need somebody to plop in that can score 25, 20. I say you just need a guy, but really, you're one guy away now. <laughs> you were like 50 guys away yeah. at going at coming off the end of last year. There was no hope, but you hired the right guys, and Tom Thibodeau got everything he could out of Julius Randle, got everything he could out of R.J. Barrett and everybody else. He brought some rookies along. Hey, the Knicks are there, man. They're there. They're a destination now. They're a 100% a destination. And for guys like Bradley Beal or Kawhi Leonard who can opt out or Norman Powell, whoever it is, you get a guy come in that can score 25 points a game and be someone that can handle the ball and take those big shots where Julius Randle becomes the 1A, the Knicks are a legit title contender because they won 41 games this year out of 72. Now, not 82. They won 41 out of 72 without a real superstar player, without a guard that can really score. 
and or a small forward that can score. You when you just think about that winning games without a guard or a small forward who could score. Nobody can do that in the NBA. So if the Knicks can add that guy, kind of like the Toronto Raptors said, okay, Kawhi, come in and play small forward, do your thing. Great, we're set. Just like what the Clippers want Kawhi to do right now. We're plopping you down, Kawhi. We have the we have the, the pieces around you. Great, go do your thing. The Knicks have the supporting pieces. They are one star player away because it's the East. And they'll suddenly be, hey, when you talk about NBA titles next year, the 76ers names are going to come up, the Nets, it's going to be the Bucks, of course, and it's going to be the Knicks. It's going to be that too. Hey, you know, they, they made that big addition with Bradley Beal, and I keep throwing Bradley Beal out there. I, and, I do and, appreciate and, that, yeah. And that winds up what's going to be the big difference, and suddenly they're a team that's going to win 50-55 games, and look out because the Knicks are now going to beat you because they have offense. They are <laughs> one player away no, they're from more being an NBA title contender. Away. No, they're not. They're, they're more than one, one player, player away. away. They were relying on Derrick Rose for huge minutes. and, and Well, that's why. He doesn't have a guy that can score. But that's just it. You, you need you, you're going to need two. You, two two's going to get you through because you don't you don't have superstars right now. You need to find one. You need to bring one into town. Randall is a good base. He's a good solid player. And maybe there's still a little more for Barrett to reach to next season. Maybe a little more consistency uh, as as he gets into year three. But no, no, no. You need two guys, and you're going to have to go on a very big road tour uh, to try to convince them to come in. You should start working on that PowerPoint presentation right now. <laughs> and uh, look right here. Uh, here's the player we're kind of looking for. Hey, that's a picture of Steph Curry. Yeah, I know. Hang on. Hang on. Hey, oh, wait a minute. That's Kawhi Leonard. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Slides, too. I like that. <laughs> Just look right up here. But that, but that's how close they are. If it was the Western Conference, I would say, okay, no, the Knicks aren't that close. But it's the East, and I can't, I can't help geography. I can't look. Yes, you're a contender in the East. Unfortunately, that means you're just as big a contender for the NBA title as teams in the Western Conference are. So in the West, no, the Knicks would be a team that would be lucky to finish in seventh place, right? Because they would clearly be outmatched by all the firepower that the best teams in the West have. But in the East, it's different. It just is. I'm sorry, but I know that's the way it's been for 20 years, but that's the way, unless the NBA wants to uh, redo the divisions and redo the conferences and say, we're just going to put everybody, you know, one through 30. No, then that's the way it's going to be in the East. You can be legit. Look, the Bucks are incredibly legit because they got Giannis and Drew Holiday. All right, the, the Sixers are legit because they got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. All right, one the guy Nets you can't their... trust at the end of games. The other guy you can't trust <laughs> to be healthy. Oh, you're just a you're just Joel Embiid hater. You are. Am I wrong? A Joel hater. You're a Joel. No, I, I love watching him play. I you're can't count. I got to wrap him in bubble wrap after every game. You're just come a on hater. now. You're just a Joel Embiid hater, man. No, no, That's no. I, look, I loved him when he was shagging fly balls uh, at the the All Star game, right during the home run derby. I love his wrestling quotes. He needs to learn how to take a bump, man. Learn mm, can't take a hater. bump. Consistently just a hater hurt. You are, man. Just a hater. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. One player away because it's the East. One <sighs> player away. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! Six and a half to go in the fourth quarter, and the Mavericks lead the Clippers 93-87. This series tied at 2-2. It was a big run for Dallas to take the lead. The Clippers have gone on a 12-2 run uh, the last four minutes to make it a six-point game. And I'll tell you, oh, boy, okay, Bobo Marinovich, he is so upset like John Wick decided to break his face with a book. Uh, he gets called for the offensive foul, and uh, it's going to be Clipper basketball uh, as they try to cut this lead again from six. So we'll have more on this game coming up in a few minutes. This is clearly, look, Luka Doncic is, you know, may score 50, maybe 55, maybe 60 <laughs> if we go to overtime. Uh, but today was a really huge day in college basketball as Mike Krzyzewski announced that this year is going to be his final year. Year, coaching the Duke Blue Devils. He is going to retire as a head coach in college basketball following this year. And John Shire, a former Duke player who has been functioning as their lead recruiter, uh, you know, he was the one that was responsible for getting Zion Williamson. And maybe he walked in and said, I'm bringing you Zion. You're making me the head coach when Coach K leaves. Uh, he's gotten the blessing to take over from Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. And look, there's a lot of things about Mike Krzyzewski that you've heard all day that you know, the easiest things. Is he the best college basketball coach we've seen? Yes. He's the second best coach all time outside of John Wooden. He has done so many great things. He won more national titles than anybody but John Wooden. But there's a couple of things about Coach K now that he's announced he's going to retire that I think we can bring you that, you know, nobody else has. And the first thing is that as great a career as he has, you heard him talking about spending all those years at Duke, you know, 40 years at Duke. He never went to the NBA. You know, the only time it seemed like Mike Krzyzewski had any connection to the NBA was back when things were really bad for the Lakers. And remember when he, he said that Kobe Bryant called him to yeah. come coach the Lakers when he said, hey, you think that coach actually K, happened? why don't you come coach? Well, I mean, he kind of he kind of came off of uh, like he took a he took the phone call like during a Team USA basketball practice, I want to say. And he came back and he said, hey, you're never going to believe who just called me and wants me to coach him next year. Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. No, so I believe, I'm sure, look, Kobe was trying to make things happen for the Lakers. You know, the Lakers weren't playing well. He's like, hey, we need something going on here. And, you know, Phil either likes me or hates me, so I got to do something. So, you know, I I completely believe that with Coach K and and the Lakers. No, I don't think it got anywhere. And I'm sure that after, you know, more than a few minutes of, you know, daydreaming what it it would be like to be coaching the Lakers, you know, Coach K said no, and it it died pretty quickly. But, uh, you know, I I think overall, I think, yeah, I, I believe that story. Why not? Ponder it for a moment, a uh, momentary fleeting thought of what the other other part would be like, right? Recruiting in a different way, working just to the salary cap. And that's part of the reason it seems like uh, exiting, not that you have a salary cap, but the name, image, and likeness and some of the changes to the administrative side of college buckets and how you're going to have to recruit uh, seems to be a, b- a big part of the story swirling in the background uh, was a report from Jeff Goodman earlier today. You know, not, not that we thought Krzyzewski was going to be around forever. I mean, the only guy I think that's going to just be there for the next 100 years is Bayheim. Because I think he wants to pass everybody on win lists and whatever else, and play in uh, tournament appearances and anything else. Going, I'm staying. I'm staying here forever. Because right, he was supposed to leave a couple of years ago too, or so it seemed. And mm-hmm. he's, he keeps going on. Uh, Roy Williams is already retired. Um, yeah, I guess the, the the big question to all of it is, what was your secret all these years, Mike? Forty one years. <laughs> everybody else. Well, let's let's. Go through the Wikipedias. There's lots of paragraphs about things that weren't just about how many games you won. 
<laughs> so, you know, look, why didn't he go to the NBA? Let me ask you this, and, and, just, and just completely be honest with me. Is being an NBA head coach a really big deal? Is it a desirable job unless you have one of, like, four jobs in, in, in the NBA? Well, and it's- you get blessed with the, the players that you can communicate with perfectly, and they, they stay healthy, right? I mean, because look at Phil Jackson. Coached four of the greatest players of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or you know, go through Greg Popovich had a stable, uh, stable place with four or five stars, and then others that could fit in. They're rare. That you're you're the star in college basketball. Why would you leave that? Yeah, no, and also you're leaving it for what? Like most people become an NBA hit. Look, the, the old saying goes, you're hired to be fired in, in the mm-hmm. NBA, right? And I get that. But really in the NBA, you are hired just to be a guy. You know, most NBA head coaches are jags. They're just guys. Hey, we're going to promote this guy to being a head coach. There, there's no real pipeline of who an up-and-coming NBA head coach is going to be. There's no guys that are, oh, hey, this is the big shining star. It's not like in the NFL when they when they say, okay, here are the, here are the five hot guys because this guy's got a great system. This guy's the best head coach in college football. This is what it is. Look at what there's – no, there's nothing like that. There's, oh, this guy, hey, he's got a great mind. He may be a good, really good head coach. Um, the really well, look great at Brooklyn. Head, look, it, yeah. Steve Nash has never done anything except coach his kids in the sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> and he might be an NBA title holder when it's all said and done. Right, and that's the thing about the NBA is that do you really get the credit that you do in college basketball? Not even close. Right, yeah. the most of most of the head coaches in the NBA are are guys that just get cycled through. You see guys getting jobs two, three, four times because they need somebody. Right, the image and relevancy of an NBA head coach is hard to get because they don't get the credit when things go well. Look, as good a head coach as Eric Spolster has been, does he get any credit when it no. comes to? No, of course not. You know, there, there's not many jobs where you can go to the NBA and say, "Hey, I'm enjoying this as much as I like what I did in college." Right? If the Lakers were really good. You'd want to jump in and coach the Lakers, right? If the you know the Knicks, a couple of schools, a couple of, of teams, yeah. If you really could make a difference there, but most of the jobs you're just hired to just kind of hang out. And if you catch a rising star, great. If you get a couple of stars there, great. But. Do you really like dealing with the egos that you deal with in the NBA? Because the individual star in the NBA is a much bigger deal on that team than any other sport. It's the smallest roster. The guys get paid the most money. And when it comes down to it, NBA players have ideas of what they want and how they want the team to run. And if you run counter to that, guess what? They're not suddenly just going to buy in. They're going to say, no, I think it should be done this way. We think we know it should be done. Like you said with the Nets, they said we don't need a head coach. We could be the head coaches some nights. This is how a lot of players think in the NBA. This is how a lot of stars think. We know. How many moves do you think LeBron has made with the Lakers, either in-game or after games? Hey, this is what we should be doing. Okay, we'll do it. Frank Vogel gets no cachet for being the head coach of the Lakers. None of them do. So you go to the NBA, and outside of a couple of rare instances, it's, okay, I'm here, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be let go, and then what am I going to be doing? Right? I mean, so I don't know why people think that the NBA is such a big allure for college coaches. Mike Krzyzewski can sit here and say, this is what I like. I love the young kids coming in. And, you know, usually there's a big turnover. And the good kids that I like that I recruit, man, I miss them, but I got more good kids coming in. And if it's a kid that comes in that I don't like that's a bad kid, hey, you know what? He's going to be gone soon. So, okay, I'm not stuck with a guy like, boy, I really can't get along with my big superstar here in, in, in the NBA. And now we're stuck together. 
together, and I'm just going to get fired in a year or two because he's going to steamroll me. So it, it's a much better existence for a coach in college basketball than it is in the NBA. You have guys that are synonymous with programs, that are synonymous with winning. You go to the NBA, what happens? I look at John Beeline, right? The guy completely rebuilt the Michigan basketball program. Oh, my goodness, look at the job he did. And then for some reason, he wanted to go coach in the NBA. He yeah. made it for about five minutes with the Cavaliers, and now I just saw what he's, he's the, the director of, of operations. He just got named for, for an NBA team. I saw that headline in the last 48 hours. It's like this guy went from being a college basketball legend. Yeah, right? he senior was, he was advisor for player development for the Pistons. There you go. That's where he is, senior advisor in the Pistons. So at least he stayed in the state of Michigan for that. But you know, th- this is what you're doing if you leave. And now who's getting all the credit for being a great head coach? Jawan Howard. Joanna, what a great head coach he is, keeping it going at Michigan, all these things. You're a much bigger star. You're a much bigger deal. It's a much better life for you if you can find that place you want to coach in college basketball, as long as the stage is big enough for you. And certainly places like Michigan and UCLA and Michigan State and Duke and North Carolina, Kansas, all those places are big. That's why guys try to stay, go there and stay as long as they can, because the NBA is not the is not the end all be all. I don't think any coaches that are that are that are big time get into college basketball and say this is a stepping stone for me to the NBA they think this job is a stepping stone for me to get to where I want to in college basketball like I'm going to start here at Ryder and then I may go to Siena and then I'm going to go to you know Virginia Tech and then I'm going to go here and then suddenly hey I want to wind up in 10 years being the head coach at Indiana or or North Carolina or someplace like that that's why Mike Krzyzewski never went to the NBA because what was he going to do in the NBA that was any better than what he's doing at Duke well I think part part of it the old explanation would have been well, you, you give it your shot at the, quote, biggest level. And then it's the the battle between, all right, the, the rock star and, and synonymous with the program and being synonymous with the program like we have. And, and that's a rare breed anymore. I mean, think about college football for all those years. Guys with one team for 40 years, 50 years. You think about Bowden and Paterno and, and coaches like that, uh, that that you identified. Right now, the run Northwestern's having with, with Pat Fitzgerald, identified with the program. Will he eventually want to go try the pros? Maybe, maybe not. College buckets, we've got five or six guys that are still there, the, the longstanding stars and names because players are only there for a year. And once the rule changes, they're not going to come at all, right? And if, if these other options prove viable, guy, guys are going to go take their hundred grand and move, move into professional ranks, get a year of training, and then go into the NBA thereafter. Or the NBA jettisons the one-and-done rule altogether. So it, it's about the coaches and, and the longevity. And even that's changed. So we'll see how much, you know, maybe there's a resurgence uh, as folks realize, the grass isn't necessarily greener going to the NBA. You get a sizable paycheck, but if you're any good at coaching college buckets, these guys make a mint, right? Shoe deals and mer- merchandise deals, autograph signings, and sometimes $10 million contracts. They're doing just fine. So going to the pros doesn't necessarily offer you the payday uh, that makes it an enticement, and you have less control. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, 
for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Hey, buddy. And my goodness, yeah. did we just see drama. The Mavericks proving that no home court is where you want to play. Win game five against the Clippers, 105 to 100. This was a game that looked like it was done with two minutes left to go. Porzingis makes the three. It's a 10-point lead, and that's it. It's over. Hey, yeah. uh, the Mavericks are going to win this game. But the Clippers get threes from Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, a big layup from Kawhi Leonard, and a free throw for the end one. They get three three-point plays of some kind, and they turn it into a one-point game. And it's 101-100, and Luka Doncic turns the ball over, Terrence Mann with the steal, and uh, for some reason, the play pushing the ball up court was let's force the ball inside to Terrence Mann, who clearly wasn't ready to take a game-winning shot, passes out of it underneath. The Clippers kind of fumble around for the ball. They get a, they get a little runner in the lane that doesn't go, uh, and the Mavericks get the rebound. They hit their free throws, and they win it 105 to 100. Wow. I mean, this was there for the Clippers. They were a shot away from taking the lead, and it wasn't yep. Kawhi Leonard. It wasn't Paul George. It was Terrence Mann. Now, look, Terrence Mann had the nice steal. He, j- he had just come into the game for uh, Reggie Jackson. But two things on this play. You need a basket if you're the Clippers, right? I mean, I get there's 10 seconds left. Don't you want this ball going to Kawhi or Paul George? Isn't that where you're going to go for this? Aren't you going to try to trust one of these guys to get to the basket or to get a shot off? These are your superstars. And instead, they feed the ball inside to Terrence Mann, who was open. But clearly, Luka Doncic you know, closes on him, and Terrence Mann panics. And all he had to do was continue. He had a reverse layup. Easy. It's a layup, and the Clippers lead by one, and suddenly the Mavericks are going, we just gave this lead away, and now we need a game-winning shot with nine seconds left. But Terrence Mann got nervous because clearly he wasn't ready for this shot, and he decided, oh, no, no, I'm going to pass it back out. I'm not going to get blocked or anything else. All you do is one more dribble, and he's got a reverse layup. One more dribble, a reverse layup. But no, I'm going to throw it back out. That causes confusion. The Clippers can't get a bucket, and the Mavericks get the rebound. So the two biggest things on that play, with the season potentially on the line, the Clippers were okay pushing it up, getting the ball to Terrence Mann inside for layup. Not Kawhi, not Paul George, and clearly the, the, he wasn't ready because he should have made that shot and instead throws it back out. I don't get that decision. If, if you're a basketball player, be aggressive, man. Be ready for the moment. You're on the floor. you got to make that. Now, was it the greatest play to get you the ball? No, but you still got to come through. you still got to be the guy. That, that you can, I'm going to take the ball to the hoop here and not be afraid because all Luka Doncic did was stand there. You know, it's not like Luka no, Doncic is up and he's ready it. to swipe. He he just stood there, and Terrence Mann panicked. And you could see it on his face after the play was over. He shook his head walking back up the floor. This is why stars take big shots at the end of games. 
Well, and but then you saw the the biggest of the Clippers stars take a shot at the end of the game, and he airballed it. So you know <laughs> you still saw uh, the the opportunity, right? Kawhi with the score one hundred three one hundred. Finney Smith stepped out, challenged him, and he shot an airball. Rebound, Dallas game over. So it's it's one of those uh, sequences that we'll look at because that pass from Luca was awful. And he went to the post-game interview and he just said, yeah, I made some horrible mistakes and played terribly down the end uh, and, and that pass and just shook his head because uh, watch tape get better. you know. But you can tell he was really salty at himself there, giving them the opportunity. But he was on the spot as, as the pass came out. Look, I think as man tried to dump it off to Batum that, that he thought he had, you know, just an easy lay-in or maybe even a dunk, but Lucas stood in and stood stood his ground, it, taking whatever contact was going to be there, and instead of going strong, kind of lays it up, and you get the miss. So uh, it, opportunity for Dallas, and they, they finished the game. Uh, and a happy, jubilant Mark Cuban and, like, 12 other fans that they were able to pan <laughs> around and find really quick between the cardboard cutouts. Uh, but huge effort down the stretch from Tim Hardaway Jr. Josh Richardson hit a couple of free throws at the end. Uh, and defensively, they, they made the play. Was it pretty? No. Uh, but, but in the end, uh, yeah, you didn't get the ball into your – your would-be studs to, to try to make a, a play except for that Kawhi three-pointer. So uh, hang, hang a star on it. No uh, no home team wins in this series, they said, since 1995. Spurs, Rockets. Mm, man. Uh, let's hear how that play unfolded. This the play of the game at the end of Clippers and Mavericks. Five to shoot, bounce pass, ripped away by Terrence Mann. 18 seconds left, shot clock is off. Bounce pass to Mann, inside, feeding Batum, lays it up from in close, no! Rebound volleyed around and Hardaway's got it. Nine seconds left and he's fouled. Oh my goodness, how did the Clippers miss the chance to take the lead right there? Yeah, that's the question everybody's going to be asking because that was, I mean, that was it. It was there for them. And now the Clippers went from, we feel good, we've tied this series at two apiece, and now it's one more game and Kawhi can opt out. And, and like we said last week, watch what happens. If the Clippers don't win in this round, you're going to see an entirely new Clippers team next year. So many teams have so much at, at stake with, with what happens in the next couple of games. The Lakers, the Clippers, all that. All, we already see, know that the Celtics are going to get blown up most likely. So sure. you are going to see tons of change and so many teams on the cusp of big change. The Clippers can go win the title. They could also be ready to say, okay, we're going to make it work with other superstars. Because clearly with Kawhi and PG and Ty Lue, it's not working. We need something else. we got to have Clippers 2.0 or 3.0 to try to reinvent it. We are that close to seeing it happen. This is there what it's it like is. in the playoffs. Yeah, it's mm. still having to, you know, gotten all the, uh, the evil spirits out of that arena, man. Uh, the number one thing I would say if you're the Clippers, uh, how about you double Luka Doncic? I mean, you know, let, let's ask and answer big questions like that coming up next. Got a special guest on the way to break down the night we saw right here on Fox Sports Radio.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.